Welcome to episode 19 of Vicious Talk with Benny P. It features an interview with my brother, Zach Perez. Zach works for a professional baseball organization in their sales and group services department. Um, and so he was able to provide some great insight into both the sports industry and uh, sales departments. And he was able to um, give some great tips and advice on those two things. And you're going to want to listen to what he had to say if you're at all interested in um, either of those two lines of work, um, which are very popular. Um, but other than that, Zach uh, actually isn't qualified to represent his organization in uh, any media platforms. So I had to actually uh, avoid talking about the city he moved in, the organization he actually works for. Um, and there's actually a part where I accidentally mentioned where he moved to. So I had to um, briefly cut out the audio and that um, that brief second. But other than that, uh, we also talked about his daughter and my niece, Madeline, and uh, what she kind of went through in her young life so far. She's nine months old, and she was born with a craniofacial uh, difference. And we talked about how that kind of has affected her life and my brother and sister-in-law so far. And she's great. She's You're going to hear it from a, a podcast, but she's awesome. And I was excited to uh, talk about her on, on here on Vicious Talk. Um, but other than that, uh, Vicious Talk is also brought to you by our one and only sponsor, Action for Education. Action for Education is a nonprofit organization that focuses on creating affordable, accessible, and sustainable opportunities for education in Western Honduras. Their mission is centered around capacity building and using resources from the United States to enable Honduran communities to succeed in their own ways. Action for Education is always looking for more help, and they're currently seeking individuals to accompany them on their medical mission trips down to Honduras. It's a fantastic opportunity for any student interested in pre-medical studies to experience the positive impacts medical clinics can have for people in impoverished areas of the world. For more information, contact my friend Mike Mastrioni and his team at info at action4education.org. And if you don't have time to join the team on a medical mission trip, there are a number of other ways you can help as well. To learn more, visit action4education.org and consider donating to help their cause. Every dollar helps. And now, without further ado, let's dive into episode 19 of Vicious Talk with Benny P. Enjoy listening. So today's guest on Vicious Talk with Benny P is not a stranger to me. He's my brother. He works for a professional baseball team as an account executive in ticket sales and group services. Um, and uh, he's had a daughter this year, so we're going to talk about that, those two things. And uh, he's really well-spoken and informed on all things, any and all things baseball. So we're going to um, take talk about some different sports things as well as um, we're just going to see how the conversation goes in terms of what we'll be talking about. Um, but without further ado, I'll introduce my guest here. Zach Perez is his name. Zach, how's it going? Good. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited to have you. We, uh, we've been talking about doing this for a long time. We've actually, I remember before I even started this, like before, like we, we were just about to graduate college, we were talking about doing our own podcast about sports. You remember that? Yeah. Yeah. We were thinking our about own, doing that. Our own first take. <laughs> that would have been fun, but we ended up kind of having go, going different directions and it kind of started with. Uh, right when you graduated from college, it was during right, right between my junior and senior, my junior year and senior, and senior year of college. Um, you got you got married, you got a job, and you moved out to. It's all kind of in a pretty 
brief span of time. Um, and then you, uh, you got that job with uh, your team you're working with now in major league baseball. And, uh, do you remember that was kind of a cool experience? We, we, so after, uh, my school year, I was looking at jobs. Maybe I was trying to work in sports as well. And, uh, we found that career fair down in San Diego. And do you remember, like, can you tell us about that experience and how you enjoyed that? Yeah, that all happened as in a whirlwind. Um, I remember the week very well because it was the week of my wedding, but we went to the career fair uh, put on by Teamwork Online in San Diego at Petco Park. There was probably 15, 20 organizations there throughout sports, um, some major league baseball teams, which is where I met my boss who ended up hiring me. There was minor league hockey, minor league basketball, um, some sports business programs. So there was a few networking events that I'd gone like that to um, that's where I kind of first got the idea that I wanted to get into baseball and this was a platform to find out where that was so that had been I think the third one I'd been to and the first two I noticed when I went in I was saying hey oh I want to be an, a GM one day or work my way up to be an assistant GM or do all the stuff in baseball ops and while I thought that was cool I was realizing everybody I met none of them were in that field and I probably sounded like the same kind of college kids like oh yeah this kid played college baseball and wants to work in it but he doesn't have a direction yet so by the time we went to that one and at Petco um, I met my boss and it was in ticket sales and I said yeah I'm all about ticket sales <laughs> but what was cool was I, there was parts of it that I was able to say genuinely to him like I do really enjoy meeting new people and creating relationships and all of that was part of it so while I think the word sales turned me off initially because I was picturing, you know, used car salesman or that part of it. I'm not a pushy person. I didn't like the idea of trying to swindle somebody. I mean, maybe that's not the right word, but I didn't, I didn't like the idea of pushing somebody into doing something because yeah. I don't feel comfortable in those situations. Um, but what was cool was I started, the more I kind of talked to him and the more I learned about it and then have found out is while there's people who can have that style, um, just being able to talk to people and grow relationships and be a genuine person where they can trust you and it, it makes it a really fun job so most of the people I'm working with I don't ever feel like I sell them I feel like I help them find something to come to the ballpark and, and enjoy games yeah um, but no that that week where I met my boss um, at the event I followed up with him the very next day um, so we met him at Tuesday at Petco he interviewed yeah. me on Skype on Thursday, and then Friday, he offered me the job, and <laughs> we were getting married that Sunday, so it was yeah. two days before the wedding, and I had to go up to Samantha, my wife, and say, hey, what do you think about moving? <laughs> um, and so it was scary, but we went on our honeymoon Monday, so the day after our wedding, came back, and we're moved out by the next weekend, so it all happened super fast within a month. And we were living in a new city that we had no idea we'd be in, um, the new job. But now, like two and a half years later, it all <laughs> is awesome, and yeah. it's been perfect. Yeah, that's very cool. Do you? Uh, did we that game was a uh, a Petco. I remember when we went to that. We uh, I think they were playing the Cubs, and I was kind of excited to see the game. And I was like, I was like, it's, I'm I'm going to the networking event just to kind of get my feet wet and something like this. And then I went. The game, the the networking event went past the start of the game, and once the game started, I was like, oh, I'm kind of done with this." So I went, I wanted to go sit. Our our dad came with us, and 
So I went to go sit with him, and you stayed there until like you you didn't come back come to sit with us until like the fourth inning, <laughs> or like the, like maybe the, th- the end of the third. But that was funny. I remember you got the most out. You talked to like everybody there. Yeah. Um, that was really cool. Yeah, it, it just kind of shows you like in, in sports. I feel like it's really how well you present yourself and network with individuals. And sure. Yeah. I think. I mean, yeah. If I'm I'm there. I want to get the most out of it. I couldn't tell you a single thing about the game. I didn't remember. That's pretty good. Do you remember your opponent? I have no recollection of what happened in the game. I remember what I was wearing because we took a picture. <laughs> but um, I, I remembered a lot about the event. And I think that's a good approach to have when you do networking, though. Because even now, for my job, I go to a lot of networking events yeah. and things like that. And, you know, I try to meet as many people as I can and have as many good conversations as I can because good opportunities to expand your network and you never know what's going to come out of it yeah. and so doing those events um and I, I think the fact that it was the third one that i had been to all helped a lot so i felt really more comfortable um they weren't forced conversations it, it was really information gathering i think for both people but it I, you know i genuinely wanted to find out what would be a good fit yeah. I knew I wanted to work in sports because I'd been in it my whole life. I particularly wanted to work in baseball because I'd played it, and that was what I was most passionate about. But I needed to learn more about it. Yeah. And so when I had conversations with them, because I had done it a few times and because I think I had learned from it a little bit more, it was really a conversation where I was trying to learn more about the position. And it came from, instead of just a nervous college kid who, hey, hire me, I want yeah. a job. It was more, That's where I was at. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it, it was an awesome experience, and um, I learned later that I think the way I came across or the way I approached that event must have really helped because the team that, that did hire me, um, their normal hiring process is about five months, and they had a class of five new reps that were coming in to start on the inside sales team, and they were already all had their offer, they'd been notified for months in advance um to start that next month and he hired me in a span of meeting me after three days so it was a super rushed process and it was different than everyone else but he felt confident enough in the short interactions that he had from our first time that we met and just the impression i gave off by being able to be confident and have that kind of conversation and then you know the skype interviews we had too but i from like i said from what i found was most of these job um openings or at least ways to get your foot in the door in sports were in sales because yeah. there's, a, there's a lot of turnover um it, it's it's a grind yeah all year round we're always trying to bring in the new people i'm working in a small market club so it's not somewhere where we're just taking season ticket reservations yeah um, so we have to go out and and find that sale and, and convince people to come to more games so they want to find people who um are able to have that interaction and, and connect with people really quickly because that's really what ticket sales comes from. It's it's we're meeting these people and very quickly with almost a cold call or no previous interaction with them other than knowing that they come to games, we have to get them to trust us, yeah. develop some sort of relationship with them where they feel comfortable spending money with you, and then that's where you have a lot of success. So. Yeah. I, 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 I realized I, I'm trying to work in sports most people that, that listen to the podcast understand that but I, uh, I've i applied to a number of different sales positions and I may have yet to earn one and I think it's just kind of for, for me it's been more the fact that 
I'm not good at convincing someone that sales is my passion. <laughs> I, I just I have a hard time lying to their face saying that like, yeah I really want to like be an expert salesman and in ticket sales and stuff. It's just like I want to. I'm honestly just like I'm I'm looking for a job and more in towards the communications. This is why I kind of started the podcast and I'm yeah. looking. I'm definitely interested in maybe trying to do some operation stuff. But I think that. Um, I would like, I think, especially entry level, I think I would love to look at more of the communication size in terms of like me- different media platforms and stuff like that. And so when I was applying for these sales positions, I think that kind of came across. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, that's kind of an aspect of sales though, because you still have to, I feel like you still have to, even if you're not passionate about what you're selling, I feel like you still have to present it that way at least. Well, yes and no. Um... Like I said, my my idea going in, I never thought sales. And my, my when I was talking to them, my passion wasn't sales. But what I was able to find was the idea of creating relationships or meeting new people or, or you know, just talking to new people and building yeah. that kind of trust. That part did excite me. I did like talking to a lot of people. So I was going in with an open mind. And now that I've been in it for two and a half years, um, the sales part of it is still a grind. It doesn't. It doesn't get easy. It's not like I'm going every day saying like, "Oh, I'm so excited to just <laughs> sell today." Yeah. But the the creating relationships part is something that actually really does get exciting because what I've learned is I'm not selling tickets. I'm selling experiences. So yes, selling season tickets to somebody, you know, that's not that exciting. But when I get to take that same client that bought season tickets for the first time and I can take them and their two kids down on the field for batting practice and get to meet their favorite player, yeah. that's really cool. So it, the more I kind of got into it and keeping an open mind, that's what became really fun for me. And I still have the same ambitions to work my way up in the organization. I My ambitions don't stop with just staying in sales my whole life. But I found from that way, okay, I already had a baseball background from playing and understanding that, and now I'm learning the business background, and I'm working my way up through there where I'm learning the fan interaction, the day-to-day, what it's like to work with the fan, and mm-hmm. what, are our, what are our business like analytics department, what are the, the goals and the challenges that come with that. Um, I work closely with our marketing team when we're reaching out to fans, what can, kind of campaigns we're doing, whether it's... Um, you know bobbleheads or, or promotional schedule versus or just what are we promoting to try to get people out for a certain weekend yeah um, certain ticket sales or flash sales or things that we'll do um, I get to work with our grounds crew and our game day operations department about doing special things to have fans out on the field for it I get to work with our corporate partnership team about um, doing larger groups with big partners that we work with or getting corporate partners involved in certain special group events that we're going to do. So from the side I'm on, now I really do get to interact with the whole organization. And then, you know, being in, it, it, it's, it seems like a large corporation, um, but the actual day-to-day employees that are there every day, it's kind of small. You get to know everybody, mm-hmm. um, especially if you seek out to interact within departments and do a lot of team building and, and, you know um organizational events and participate in that yeah so you do get to meet everybody so it's a good way of you know yes i started through ticket sales but and my goal didn't change well i, still I think it also helps it. that you had a background in baseball because you've, you've expressed to me how some of the people on your team and stuff they're really there for kind of just the sales aspect and they're not really like baseball rats like you 
And so I think that it kind of gives you a little bit of an edge in terms of not only are you good at what you're doing, like you're just as good or better than these people, but you also understand what you're selling a little bit better. I feel like because sure. you kind of understand the the importance of and how like great a ba- uh, quality baseball experience can be. Mm-hmm. So you could like really sell the love of the game kind of, you know. It makes it easier. Yeah. It's easier for me to share or to sell an experience because I know yeah. how excited I would be. for. So I think people definitely buy off of excitement. Yeah. And if you can share that excitement um, and believe in what you're selling, it definitely helps a lot. Um, but it, there's at the same time people within our department who don't, like you said, don't know anything about baseball. There's someone who uh, got hired. I heard the story. She had to ask her dad how many players, <laughs> what were the positions, how many players play at one time. Oh, man. But she's one of the best people in our department. Yeah. And so it kind of shows you can get the full end of the spectrum. You get people who love the game, who do really well, and you get people who don't know anything about it, but they love working in sports yeah. and that atmosphere and the culture that you get from like-minded, competitive, athletic people that are out there. Um, and then really it's you know, your attitude and effort yeah. that bring in the results every day. Well, since I've been applying for various different positions in sports, I've kind of realized that because that happens, that people, they work in sports and they don't, they're just working for the business side of it. And like, they don't really understand the passion behind the, the sports aspect. It really isn't important as much to the people you're inter- that are interviewing you, your passion for whatever it is, like, like the team or the sport that you're interviewing for. It's really how can you make them money basically and how can you be successful to their team and a good addition yeah um like you would think that caring about like if i'm interviewing for a sport and ba- uh, a position with a baseball team if i have a background in baseball and i know a lot about baseball it doesn't really get you far unless you're really like working you're interviewing for like an analytics position in their baseball ops and you understand like the analytics and how to use all the data and that but i mean other, other than that i mean like maybe some somewhat in communications it's a little bit it's a little bit more important but especially in sales like which has been kind of the more of the positions i've been applying for because it's kind of more entry-level accessible um it doesn't really it's not as big of a contributing factor to what they're considering your application for yeah it's not a negative thing yeah um it i think it helps and for me it really helped because i understood what i was selling but um what you don't want to do is get someone who is really taking the job just because it's a baseball team. Yeah, exactly. You don't want to hire the super fan who's going to be more about working for a baseball team and taking advantage of all the perks that come with it versus really wanting to work to advance their career. So they want to find a balance. Um, most, a majority of the people that our team hired do have an athletic background. Um, a lot of them played college, either baseball um, we have football players, there's some golf guys, basketball. There's been a lot of college athletes um, because that, I think, mindset of being an athlete and being True. around that culture, it, it carries over into our office culture. Everyone's very competitive and has that kind of teamwork mentality that comes from playing sports. And so I think having that background is definitely a positive. But you also need to have business um or professional aspirations as well so they want that's i I think the ideal candidate is someone who can express yes i have a passion for this i played sports i love the team atmosphere um i'm really excited about working in sports or for this team or the organization and i also have ambition and drive and um, organization and professional professional skills skills that are going to be applicable to not just being a big fan of the team that I work for, but also advancing me throughout where you can be a real asset to the organization. Yeah. 
So that, that's good advice. But um, working for this team you've been working for, it's been I, I've enjoyed seeing some, seeing that some of the experiences you've had. You've you sometimes you get to go on the field and like shag balls, and you get to take some BP every once in a while on the field. Um, and you've been able to do a lot of cool things with the team. What, is there one experience that you, you'd be willing to share that, you, that kind of stands out to you at all? Or, or is it kind of just the overall, was the playoffs really cool or was that just? That was cool. Um, yeah, there. I think I, I shared this because um, we had family in town last week and they came and visited me. We had lunch and then I gave them a tour of the stadium and we spent like maybe two hours. And they were saying like oh, how cool it was and how appreciative they were to give me their tour but they felt bad that I took my time and I told them you know when I first started and they first took me on my first tour and I started to really get a taste of the experiences I thought it was the coolest thing and mm-hmm. after a while it becomes your job and you get normalized to it so while I still love being able to go on the field um, I love being to have chances where I'm helping shag or take BP on the field and everything after a while it's like yeah this is the field that I go to this is my, it's my office place. yeah but being able to help others experience that and see them get excited has been really fun. So for me, um, like you mentioned, we had our daughter this year. My favorite part was being able to take her to her first game on opening day. <laughs> yeah, and I was there for that. that yeah, cool. and we had good seats and we went on the field and took pictures. And then the same thing with the postseason this year. Um, our, we were lucky enough to make it and being able to take her and, and my whole family and everybody and be in good seats and getting to experience that and share that with them and realizing like that i had never been to a playoff game before and so being able to not only go but being able to share it with everyone else that's been my favorite part is yeah taking these experiences that and sharing them with your loved ones and yeah stuff. yeah that's really cool do you, do you have do you have advice you'd like to share in terms of i mean uh there are a lot of people i mean sports the sports industry is such a popular industry it's it's i'm trying to get into it and it's really daunting in terms of like the difficulty and like the hurdles you have to go through to try to get into it do you have like advice for people trying to do it yeah i mean it's highly competitive because it's it's a very i think highly sought after role to be in i mean you see you grew up watching sports and so many people are fans and so it seems like just a really cool thing to do um, so you have to kind of differentiate yourself in some way and, and show how you stand out. So I think networking um, is a big thing. They, these people are always doing, especially our organization, we're always going out to colleges and actively recruiting or going to networking events where we're meeting prospective um, college students that they're going to hire on. So that helps a lot and kind of having a good idea of how you want to sell yourself so what are some of the traits that set you apart that make you interesting and, and like i mentioned it can't just be oh i love baseball or i love basketball or i love whatever um it's yeah i'm i played or i'm a fan of it but i also i'm a great at creating relationships um i'm driven i'm organized i respond really well to feedback i'm a, a culture person um I work well in teams. I'm a, ambitious to be a leader. Things like that where all it, it's the full spectrum. It's someone who's going to come in and work really hard and, and push themselves. And the driven part is all of that. Um, it's someone who will know the product. So being a fan is definitely a good thing. And it's someone who's going to mesh really well with the culture there. I think those are the three things that all kind of combine together. So you want to hire someone who is going to work hard for you, is going to do well in their job, and is going to get along 
really well in the office. And if you have some a candidate who has all of that, they're gonna get callbacks and they're gonna True. get an interview and be, have an opportunity to really present yeah. themselves. So I would say that's the best part of it. Um, and and apply to internships and get that experience and as soon as possible. Yeah, and and reach out to people within the organization. So I've had plenty of people reach out to me who you know I'm not a decision maker. I'm not someone who's gonna hire anybody, but have said, hey, I saw that you're in this department and this is something that I'm interested in. I'm actually interested in applying to your guys' open position right now. Can you mind if I can ask you about it? And I'll sit down and talk to them on the phone for a little bit and tell them about what it's like at our place and give them the best advice to move forward. So it doesn't necessarily mean I need to, you know, just go into my interview and talk to the person who's going to hire me. Reaching out to people within the organization is super valuable because I think they can give you yeah. direction of who to talk to and what the best route to go in is. Yeah. So do your research, look at, at what that whole department is like, um, reach out to multiple people and keep it brief, keep it short. If I got two pages written to me with a resume attached, I probably wouldn't respond because <laughs> I, yeah. I'm like, I, I got stuff to do and I don't have time to read their resume. I'm not going to hire them anyways. But the people who say like, hey, really quickly, hey, I noticed you worked in there. I'm really interested in it. Do you mind if I ask you a few questions about it? Something quick to the point. Uh, it, it, that goes a long way, I think. Yeah, true. I've been, I've been trying to focus on ways I could differentiate myself to try to make myself jump off the page better for these applications I've been sending in. But that's kind of what, I mean, I know I have a lot of goals with this podcast, but that's kind of one of them too. Um, just trying to gain some experience in media production and stuff like that. But um, I've, I've been doing a lot of different networking. I've had a number of contacts. Like I've, I've had a lot that I've been talking to and stuff, but that none of them have really panned out too much, too much stuff. But I, you definitely, if, if for anybody that is actually considering it just as the same thing as I am, you can't, I feel like you really can't let any of that kind of stuff get you down in terms of if it doesn't pan out to something concrete because information is, is still key and stuff like sure. that so all that knowledge and then i'm also looking at um going to graduate school too because i think that would be a good differentiator in terms of if i have a degree in sports management and a master's in sports management then that'll help me get some more opportunities as well mm -hmm. and networking is awesome whether even though you, you it doesn't necessarily always lead to a job right away or for me network i do a ton of networking and it doesn't mean that oh they're gonna buy something for me that year but expanding your network, then the more people you know, it just it does really help. So that cliche of like it's not what you know, it's who you know. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I one hundred percent agree with that, but definitely knowing people is huge. It's it makes it makes it feel like when I need something, I can actually go to somebody and ask for it. Yeah. So having a strong network within the the organ the realm that you want to work in is definitely a key. So even if you know you do network with one executive or, or just person with an organization and get to know them and they get to know you and they don't hire you or there's not an open position for them, it doesn't hurt at all because maybe one day there is a position that is the right fit or that you want to get to know more about or whatever and you have someone that you can talk to about it. So networking is networking is a great tool, I think, no matter what field you get into. You Definitely. do want to get to know a lot of people and expand your your reach and your business and whatever very cool uh but uh yeah so transitioning over to i, I said we talk about it um we uh you had your daughter this year she was born on february 21st and uh she's awesome i, I love it's really cool to see her and it, it, it's it's bittersweet that you guys 
live uh we've never lived in the same city since you since um kind of college and stuff and and uh so you guys kind of live outside of los angeles but seeing you guys like in, in the spurts though makes it just even better because we, it's not as like it's it's kind of like a treat you know yeah. um but she so we just had thanksgiving and uh the whole family really loved her she's just a joy but um she uh i, I figure we could we could spread some a little bit of awareness about um kind of there's 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 especially with that movie that just came out wonder um there's there's really kind of a spreading awareness of kids who are born with craniofacial features and just like what do you call it a craniofacial disorder is that what it's called or differences differences craniofacial disorder sounds awful like a, that's she's not, she's not, she doesn't she doesn't have a disorder she's she's as cute as a button like she's she's awesome but she uh she was born with something small and and, and it's it's somewhat noticeable but she's still she's the cutest little girl so do you want to talk do you mind talking about what she has and, and kind of um trying to spread some awareness for that yeah um so when she was born, she was diagnosed with golden heart syndrome. Um, so it affects the left side of her face. When she was forced, first born, um, she had a cleft in her nose. She didn't have a left eyelid formed, and her left ear isn't formed all the way. There's not a canal. And then she had some polyps in her nose. There was a skin tag on her cheek. So at a month old, she had her first surgery. They formed the, her left eyelid they closed the cleft in her nose they removed the polyps and the skin tags um so that was the first step and since then she's recovered really well her eye looks great her nose looks great um you can still see scarring and and like you mentioned there's differences so you can look at her and you can see that there was something there um, or that her face doesn't look perfectly symmetrical but she's awesome and she's like you said she's such a funny little kid <laughs> right. and she's so happy and so that's something that we've struggled with is you know the, the movie wonder that came out and um the child in in that movie has a lot more severe cranial facial differences but it's something that we're worried about you know growing up about kids are just mean as hell <laughs> and and it's it's not you know it's part of that but it's also how are we going to raise her to deal with it and what yeah. is that going to be like for every step of the way, how are we going to deal with these? Like the first time she does get teased at school, what are we going to say? What is the right thing to say? How do we address it? So it's, it's difficult. Um, but the, the movie's cool. And I, and I was reading an article about it and they said, it's really not for kids who have the differences It's for everyone else about how, how you really deal with it. Yeah. That's a good point. Um, and so it, it was a tough movie to watch and cause it made us think about, and you know what we're gonna go with through but, yeah um i think it was good and it's it's something where it's not gonna affect her she's yeah she, she and now the, the the whole the whole thing that she has she hers is so minor that it's literally like such a minor cosmetic thing on her face and she's already developing her motor skills like at an extremely fast rate so she like it's obvious that it hasn't affected anything other than those couple few things on her face but i mean She's uh, and as a baby, actually, it makes her. I think it makes her even look cuter. She, <laughs> yeah, she's, she's funny. We'll um, we'll do something with her ear at some point, um, because we need to find out if she has a canal at all in her left ear. Um, she'll probably have a hearing aid. She's dealing with some, uh, you know, issues about her sight or what her eyesight is gonna be like. 
Um, there's things that as she grows up, we're going to have to kind of wait and see too how she grows into her face, whether she's going to need a corrective surgery for the eye again. Mm-hmm. Um, she has kind of a skin tug on her left cheek. So depending on how that grows out, it, it could be something where she has relatively no more work to do, luckily, or um, a lot. We don't know yet. So it'll kind of be something that we have to play by ear. But luckily where, and this was something else we talked about, about how just, just is crazy how everything came together, but where we ended up moving has a great cranial facial team that she's Mm -hmm. been working with. That's awesome. And so it it all kind of worked out where where we're at now is just a perfect place for not only for us to live and, and, you know, be able to work where I do, but just for her medical team to be everything that we needed it to be. And I've done so well with it. And then the more research we do um, just helps. And so it's something that for us is just being as informed as we can. So when, um, you know, when Michaela, our sister, graduates from college next year, when we're on the East Coast, we're going to talk to some more teams that specialize in that kind of stuff while we're out there and just trying to be informed so that when those steps come, we know what to do and how to deal with it. Um, but yeah, she's, like you said, she's developing great she's funny she's happy she's really smart so uh, i think the biggest role that we can play in her life is just raising her the right way to be happy and yeah funny and and then give her the skills she needs to deal with that or cope with it yeah or or be strong well what's pretty great is she has she's the first of her generation in our family Mm -hmm. so we have an older cousin but she doesn't have any children and and you're the second oldest cousin in, amongst our, our extended family. Um, so you were the first one to have a child of her generation. And so I think our whole family is going to pre- rally around her pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> She's uh, got a big family and a lot of people supporting yeah. her. Um, you know, all our, our side of the family, Samantha's side of the family, um, a lot of Samantha's sorority sisters and our, yeah. our friends and everybody has been so supportive. And um, so she's got a lot of people in her corner, which is cool she's the first great grandchild and she even has a uh, a great great grandfather still alive that we're gonna, yeah we're gonna introduce her to next month that's awesome yeah she's uh she's gonna she's pretty lucky in terms of what she has around her and she's gonna she's gonna be great she's gonna be awesome it's, i'm it's uh i'm glad that we were able to talk about um we have we, i was able to bring you on the podcast just because you're my brother and this has been this has been fun to work on and stuff but um, it's also cool to kind of spread some awareness about this stuff too, because golden heart syndrome is how rare is it? It's like, it's what, like f- point something percent of infants are born with it or something. It was something that was pretty rare. I don't remember what the yeah. statistic is, but, um, yeah, it was something that we were really surprised about. Um, it, it made it, you know, we talked about it too, though. Maybe it, it, it made everyone love her a little bit more yeah. she, you know, we were going to love her regardless, but you found, we found this place in our heart that we didn't even know existed before. Yeah. And you get so protective and, and it's kind of cool being able to feel all of that where you didn't even know you had it. You never knew you could love that much before, before you have one of your own. And, um, I think that just made everybody feel more protective or a little bit more just love towards her yeah and when she's really small right now it does it doesn't make it look really cute <laughs> yeah she's funny man she's uh she, she loves sesame street she, she loves, loves uh she loves a jump she loves jump 
<laughs> she jumps all the time. She just, she just she just like squats up and down, up and down, up and down. Yeah, she does. <laughs> she does swim. She does. Um, we've been lucky where Samantha's been able to stay home with her for yeah. since she's been born. So they have a great routine where they go to the swim, they go to the library and do circle time and. Um, she has a gymnastics class Friday nights we go to Tumblebugs gymnastics <laughs> I do that with her and she's working on walking on the balance beam and climbing and she, yeah she does, she does a lot of activities and it's fun it's fun doing it with her too and seeing her yeah. learn and grow and all that it's funny that's cool yeah she uh, she Amy got to go to a few of the games this year uh, with your with your team how many what was her record do you guys remember what the final <sighs> record was I don't remember what the she only lost twice <laughs> um, I don't That's remember awesome. how many games we she went was a, to. She was quite the lucky charm. Yeah. Samantha says it's 60-40. 60% her, 40% team. Um, That's funny. But I think she probably had maybe like a 10-2 and two record when it was all said and done. Yeah. She, she, uh, they won when she was there. We never went to any games when we were that young. Dad never took us anywhere. No. no. Yeah. She was... She was little over a month old when she went to her first game jeez but she was little. <laughs> and, and she she's always great when she goes usually yeah, right she was good um we bought the noise canceling headphones and she never really needed them that's actually where her her ear kind of comes in comes handy. in handy because we can just cover the right one and she's good and, <laughs> but she's done really good she does good in the crowd um at the playoff game she got on the simba cam <laughs> yeah you raised her up for that yeah they, i saw that they, they have everyone raise up and they play the the circle of life from lion king and they me and her were on i was raising her above my head and we were on the screen for That's about funny. five seconds and <laughs> I, I got a i emailed the the game off skies and i got a clip of it cool um but yeah she does good she has fun i think she just likes the the green of the grass yeah but she does good in the crowd and and i mean she's gonna be a baseball baby growing up around <laughs> it yeah that's gonna be a lot of fun raising her and stuff i'm glad i'm happy for her and i'm gonna i'm excited to see how, how she does and everything too yeah. um well well that was it was fun to have you on the podcast um glad you guys were able to come out for thanksgiving it was good to see you the three of you you and samantha and madeline um we had a good dinner last night what we you and i were in charge of frying the turkey did you did you get some of the did you get some of that the turkey that we fried yeah it was good it felt yeah. it tasted uh a little bit juicier i thought so I too than the other one yeah it was like it was kind of like a little soft it was like uh-huh. it was like meltier like it melts in your mouth we didn't burn the house down. No, that was, that, that, as long as it could have been underdone, it could have been terrible as long that, as we just didn't burn the house that's down. That's a win. Yeah. But that was a pain in the butt, that frame. You won a, a free fryer. And I had to put that thing together, and the screws they like didn't line up. I had to like bend the frame and stuff to it, make it fit. It was a whole thing. But now <laughs> it's it's easier going forward, I guess. Yeah. But that was cool. Did you, uh, did you have a favorite dish yesterday, or was it kind of just the whole mesh, the whole the whole potluck this this might be a controversial take but i think thanksgiving food is overrated <laughs> i i don't like turkey that much i think it's just okay yeah. and the rest of it is just i mean it i like the day a lot more than i like the actual meal but the uh the sweet potatoes were pretty pretty good yeah i like those sweet potatoes grandma makes them she she got a cookbook from loyola and that's how she that she gets uh, sweet oh, potatoes there. yeah yeah uh, the sweet potatoes are, are solid. Yeah, she makes some really good ones. They're really good. There's probably like so much like sugar and butter in that in yeah. <laughs> that recipe. Oh yeah, it's not. <laughs> it's a uh, it's a diet cheater, <laughs> cheat day kind of thing. But no, nah, overall Thanksgiving food is just 
I'm not someone who gets super excited for that meal. I, I like I like I like turkey a lot more. It's like my favorite. It's probably my favorite meat, other than like if I were to eat like a steak or something like that. I don't know, but um, like if I choose like a sandwich, I would prefer to have turkey. I'm much more excited for Taco Tuesday than I am for Thanksgiving <laughs> dinner. Yeah, I like Mom's cream corn too. That's good. Cream corn's all right. It's good. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I'm not a big mashed potato guy, though. I don't like mashed potatoes that much. It depends on the mashed potato. <laughs> yeah. I like the I like the scalloped butter potatoes. Oh, yeah, those the ones are that are, like, uh, they're, like, cut into slices. Yeah. Yeah, my, those are pretty good. My mother-in-law makes some pretty good potatoes with that. I do like those. Yeah. Yeah, Samantha's nodding. <laughs> All right. Ready? You wrap it up? Sounds good. Well, I appreciate coming on. Like I said, um, but this has uh, been a lot of fun. I'm glad we got to talk and fit it in. And it was like I said, it was great to see the three of you guys. And uh, hopefully, we could do it again. Maybe if something comes up in sports, something like that, we could maybe talk about something. All right, sounds good. All right, but probably we'll, be, we'll probably do it over the phone or something. All right. All right. Well, that's gonna wrap it up here on Vicious Talk with Benny P. Thanks, Zach. All right. Bye. All right. Bye.